Bills Mafia, what's going on? It's your boy DM3. It is Saturday night. Yes, I am back. You are watching Billsology. I got my guy, my brother from another mother. But let's be real. The Zoom chat expert hitting up those pro day guys for FSU and Syracuse. My guy, A-Rich. You can find him on Twitter at Kingrich underscore 987. And the freaking Recon, my guy, Izzy. You can find him on Twitter at TFP Recon. What's going on, fellas? How are we feeling tonight? Amazing. <laughs> I feel great, man. I feel great. It's, it's, it's a it's a great time once again. We living in gr- a great times with Buffalo Bills fans, and our team is 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 good at a great time. So uh, I feel ecstatic right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I feel good. Um... <laughs> all right. Well, we, we got a lot to talk about tonight. As you guys all know, free agency the league year started on Wednesday. Uh, tampering started Monday. Some signings went down Monday. Some signings went down Tuesday. The Bills haven't made any huge splash moves. We're going to break them all down. Um, let me get into the comment section because they're already blowing up. I can see a lot of our usual guys in the in the house already. Vlad's in the house. Ryan Mitchell's in the house. Iron Mike's in the house. Scott's in the mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Keep oh, man, Iron, Mike. Iron Mike's in the house. That's Yuri, my guy right there. Mr. Hoffman. Let's get a let's go, start the show. And I am glad to be back, and I will not be going anywhere anytime soon, so you guys are stuck with me. Apparently, John Herring thinks our intro was a little too long. Holy sweet Jesus, enough already? That's how we do it here, man. That's how we do it. Hey, see? There we go. There we go. Fire intro, guys. There we go. Come on, John. You got to appreciate the the, the workmanship (laughs) that went into that, man. Right, we got to so, get the people settled in. We got to get the people settled in, right? So uh, we get settled in. Let, me, let me bring in our other guy here. Charlie Gross is in the house. You can find him on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. Charlie, what's going on, big guy? Hey, what's happening? You made it. You made yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. I uh, my, my wife was doing my hair. She wanted me to look professional. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it's 9.05. What can I say, man? <laughs> sorry. I love it. I love it. We'll get, we'll get, you, we'll get you on the BIB schedule. And since you guys are both here, so as you guys all know, me and A-Rich were the co-founders of Built in Buffalo. So these two handsome gentlemen down down below here and over here, these are two new content contributors for us. They're going to be here for the long term. Charlie does a ton of stuff on Twitter. I'm sure you guys have seen all his takes and everything. (laughs) Um, They're going to be doing some YouTube stuff along with Izzy. So we wanted to bring these guys on, get their feet wet. Get them used to being on live, and you're going to see a heck of a lot more from these guys. So let's get it started off because everybody's freaking out all over Twitter. Everybody's freaking out because all these guys are getting released and getting signed by other teams. And we all should know by now, Brandon Bean said, we're going to sign our own. We're going to sprinkle in a little bit of talent here, and we're going to kill the draft. So, A. Rich, I'm going to hit you first. You see that banner there, Bean signing the right guys. Talk to me yeah. about what your thought process is so far as to what Bean has done, and then we'll break into each individual guy that we've signed so far. What's your thoughts? 
I'm not surprised at all. Uh, the reason I am not surprised is because the man told us exactly what he was going to do. So if somebody tells you what he's going to do, you shouldn't be surprised when he actually does it, right? That I know uh, we live in a generation where people don't usually say what they're going to do anymore, but Brandon Bean is, is old school, and uh, I feel good. Uh, about the signings overall, when uh, when you when you look at uh, the totality of the situation, a lot of people was probably like the Bills didn't get any better. I see twenty out of twenty two starters uh, returning to the Buffalo Bills. I see that Emmanuel Sanders, in my opinion, he's a little older, but he's a better overall wide receiver than John Brown. So I think we got better there. And uh, people will people will be quick to say that we didn't get better, but I say. We didn't get any worse. We only had $2 million of cap flexibility and we retained all of our guys. And let's not forget one thing. It's about draft, develop, and resign. A lot of guys we have are still in their development process, right? Josh Allen can get better. His ceiling is limitless. Uh, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are going into their second and third years. They can be better. They can improve. Gabriel Davis is going to be better in his second year. Tremaine Edmonds is only 22 years old. Ed Oliver is going into his third year, and we could finally put him back in his natural position. We have guys that can get better in their developmental process that can make us a better overall team. So me personally, I like what we've done with the money that we've had. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly because, and this goes back to four years ago, we were told and preached culture process. We're going to draft our own guys. We're going to develop. We're going to try to re-sign our own, and that's what he's done. I think we got a little spoiled the past two seasons because Brandon Bean had a bunch of cap money, and he went out and got guys like Mitch Morse, and he went out and got wide receivers, you know, like John Brown and Cole Beasley and things like that. So I think people just got used to us wheeling and dealing and we, we just don't have the money this year. And for him to do what he did with re-signing our guys with little to no flexibility in the cap this year is just speaks volumes. Izzy, what's your thoughts, man? What's your initial thoughts on this? How, how the things transpired this weekend? Uh, it was pretty expected. You know, you expected him to do the things that we really needed, but not really, you know, overextend himself. He's going to wait for anybody who's out there that, you know, isn't going to command a huge salary because there's no more money left out there and scoop some of these guys up who are quality at the time. Right. I mean, I mean, it's an excellent point. Like we, we, we signed Feliciano when everybody thought that he was gone after we signed Williams in Milano. So right then and there, I mean, that that's, that's a magic trick right there. So, I mean, no matter how you feel one way or the other about John Feliciano and could we have done better with the draft and things like that? I mean, he got it done, right? So, Charlie, what's what's your thoughts? What's your what's your? And you, you have some fans already in our comment section, by the way. They say oh. you have the best. They say you have the best mock drafts. So, you got that. <laughs> oh, you yeah, got that I, going I, for you. I did put that mock draft <laughs> out there. Um, I, I would say that overall, see, I I know I I was kind of down. Well, not kind of. I wasn't big on the Milano signing, re-signing. I wasn't big on the Feliciano signing. But let me just be clear. I, I feel like John, uh, Brandon Bean's a top three GM in the league, no question. And I think what the Buffalo Bills have done 
you're starting to see other people mimic that, right? Like, look, the Jets went out and got Corey Davis. Why? Because you need veteran receivers with whoever they're going to be their quarterback. It's the same thing. So the blueprint that Brandon Bean put together along with Sean McDermott to build around Josh Allen was brilliant. It's going to change the NFL. That being said, and okay, and what they did with the amount of salary cap is incredible. I'm not going to lie. What, what they were able to do with restructures and void years and all that stuff, incredible. A lot of credit. My my whole thing is, is I just didn't want it to be a straight run back because it wasn't good enough. It, it just wasn't. It, so, so, and you know, we still got the draft, obviously. I understand. Um, but that being said, I understand why they did what they did. I mean, they brought back Milano because in a way, Tremaine Edmonds is the Josh Allen of the defense. And they need to support him because right now he still hasn't taken that last couple steps. Like he still needs a guy like Milano there to help his growth. So I get why they did it. And I think Brandon Bean is fantastic. I mean, I don't get it twisted. He's great. I love him. Hey, Rich, you wanted to say something or you want me, let me hit this comment here because this, ahead, is, this, this, is a, this is a, this is a great point by Mr. Hoffman here. Guys question has any other team had retention like the bills this off season. I'm going to say no without doing some deep digging into, you know, rosters and things. I'm, I'm going to say we, and, and to kind of piggyback off of what Charlie said, we signed one of the best linebackers available in free agency. He just happened to be from our own team. We re-signed arguably the best right tackle minus, if you want to say that Trent Williams, he's, he's a left tackle, but we re-signed Daryl Williams, who was arguably the best tackle. Yeah, I mean, Tampa's you the know what I mean? one that, that ran it back, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. they signed Barrett and stuff like that, so I get that, but I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, A-Rich, what, what was your thoughts on, on what Charlie was talking about? Uh, I, I just think that chemistry matters. I think that we had a big overhaul last year, and that big overhaul, a lot of people speculate. It's a speculation game now, right? Why did the Buffalo Bills struggle in some areas? The Buffalo Bills possibly struggled in some areas because we had an overhaul. We didn't want to go through uh, that same overhaul this year. Plus, we just didn't have the money. Uh, we didn't have the money to take certain chances. You're, you're taking a chance by letting go of Daryl Williams or a Milano thinking that you can possibly upgrade the position where you really don't have the, the cap flexibility to, to take that risk to upgrade that position. So we have to go the route that we went. So I, I understand the situation. People have to look at the situation in its totality. People can't just say, well, the Bills didn't get these stars. Uh, the Bills didn't upgrade. We have to look at the entire situation, the money, the cap, uh, and everything as a whole. And when you look at everything as a whole, I think Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills did a, a, a wonderful job retaining all their players. So uh, that's that's just how I look at it. That's a good point. Super chat here from our guy, Iron Mike. He has given this team every opportunity to run it back. If they can't, it will be free agent frenzy 2022, and bye-bye to everyone who couldn't. That's a, that's a great point because you see everybody said – He's going to stick firm on the guys that he signed for this defensive line in 2020 because, or last offseason because of the, it was an ego thing. And he just proved by releasing Quentin Jefferson that it wasn't an ego thing. It was you're not good enough at your position, and we're going to look to upgrade. Now we'll see what happens, how they upgrade that position going forward. But great comment by Mike. All right, let me get this out of here real quick. All right, so our first guy, 
that we we signed and it was Tuesday. The word broke. It wasn't supposed to break when it did and it did. So everybody kind of ran with it. It went crazy. And Emmanuel Sanders. And you guys can see the contract. It's actually a little bit less than this because there's there's an out clause or there's a void clause for some of his contract if he's not picked up for a second year. So it's technically a two-year contract with a void of the second year. So essentially it's it's under five million, but it, it's it's a great deal. Now everybody says, well, we got rid of smoke. And we picked up a 34-year-old receiver. And I can tell you, if you haven't watched film on Emmanuel Sanders, you need to watch film because he runs routes just like Stephon Diggs does. He's a contested catch guy, and I think he does more to help Josh than John Brown did as far as yak yards, as far as finding finding pockets in zone covers, things like that. Charlie, what was your initial reaction when, when the Bills released that they signed Emmanuel Sanders? I was really happy about it because I think, as to your point, this is a guy now, they've got three of the top ten root runners in the NFL. I don't think it's even like that's debatable at all because I think it's it's very obvious if you watch the tape. And this is a guy who played with Ben Roethlisberger, played with Peyton Manning, won Super Bowls, like he's played under Kyle Shanahan. I mean, this is a guy who has a ton of experience. He can help Josh. He's going to help, you know, Gabe Davis. There's there's a lot of layers to this, and I don't know what the future is. Like maybe he's going to retire after this year, but he's still competent, and I think he's really going to help the Bills' offense in the intermediate areas, that sort of 12 to 20 yard range that Josh really likes. That's another guy in the middle of the field who's going to do some things. And yeah, he's not going to run, you know, downfield 80 yards like John Brown, but how often was that even available after the first couple of games? Like everybody knows that that's, that's Josh's his thing. So Josh has got to get really better in the shorter areas, right? He's got to take the check downs. Like Tom Brady checked down the chiefs to death. He checked down us to death for 20 years. Like somebody needs <laughs> to show Josh tape of that and be like, look, I appreciate you throwing those 20 yard outs to Diggs, but you can throw a three yard pass to Beasley or, or to whoever. I mean, that's just how football's played. That's how the quarterback position's played. I think it's fantastic. I think that's an upgrade for sure. Absolutely. Izzy, what's your thoughts, man? Uh, Actually, I was I was kind of mixed at first, but uh, when I go back and I watch the Saints tape and I look at the numbers, you know, 61 catches for 741 yards, five touchdowns, and yards after the catch like crazy. Emmanuel Sanders, as Charlie said, is is an upgrade over John Brown. John Brown would catch the ball, he'd get the first down, and we'd be fine. But Emmanuel Sanders goes out there and he breaks tackles. He breaks loose of defenders. It's it's hard for them to really lock him down after he's caught the pass, and that's that's really what Josh needs too. Because a lot of times Josh finds himself in a position where he's just got to put it on you, and it's up to you to work after that. You know, is here here you go. This is your baby now, and Emmanuel Sanders does wonderful things with the baby in his hands. And how many times did we see during the course of the season when he would do that with Diggs, and Diggs would get yak yards because? He was able to, with his footwork after the catch, and I think you get some of that in Emmanuel Sanders. I'm not saying he's as good as Diggs, but this might be Diggs when he's 34. You know, right. I, I just think that the route running, the release off the line is absolutely pretty insane for a guy last year who was 33. And let's not forget, he was the 49ers were one Jimmy G accurate deep pass away to Emmanuel Sanders from, from beating the Chiefs. 
in that in the Super Bowl. So a lot of people forget about that. But Emmanuel Sanders had his guy beat deep on, on, on a deep route, and Jimmy G just couldn't hit him. So, A. Rich, what's your, what's your thoughts? Break down a little bit more. I know you brought it up a little bit ago, but break down a little bit more what Emmanuel Sanders means to you and to this Bills offense. Uh, I love the move. First of all, uh, I still think he's sneaky fast. He's not. He's probably not the four four guy that he was coming out of college. But I think he still has and possesses enough speed to get downfield. Uh, he could play the outside and he could play the inside in the slot. Uh, he's a versatile receiver that I think the uh, Brian Dable covets. Uh, we had trouble getting open against the Kansas City Chiefs. Emmanuel Sanders, he's an upgrade in that area as well because he thrives and 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 really really excels in contested catches. And contested catches is going to be important. Contested catches is going to be something that can be that can be vital into in, in this game. It's a game of inches, and we all know John Brown. He he played one speed. He was a speed receiver, but he that was his speed. That was his zones. Uh, John Brown didn't carry too much dimensions to his game. He was one type of receiver. He ran it well, and uh, no disrespect to him, but he wasn't a, a contested catch type receiver in and, and those tough physical games where you're going to need those tough catches. And I think that's where Emmanuel Sanders will help Josh Allen and, and help the rest of that receiving room. And I think that in a whole, we are just uh, an upgrade as, a, as, a, as an offense because Emmanuel Sanders and what he presents to the team along with his IQ. I think his IQ is going to help the rest of the offense and the rest of that receiving room as well. So uh, I, I, I love that acquisition. To your, to your point, John Herring says, show me when John caught a contested catch. And that's funny because our guy Justice, one of our Twitter operators, he's been just blowing up um, his personal page on Twitter with contested catches from Emmanuel Sanders because a lot of people were complaining that we went from having smoke under contract who had great rapport with Josh to a 34-year-old receiver who's been on four teams in four years. Well, now John Brown's been on four teams in four years. So I, I'm not I'm not saying that he's going to immediately come in and just be this dynamic receiver, but I think over the course of the season he's going to help that receiving room ultimately get better. You already have Stephon Diggs, arguably top three wide receiver in the NFL. You have Cole Beasley, who is arguably the best slot receiver. Why not give Josh a compliment to both of those guys and someone who can do like Charlie said, intermediate stuff, and then can get yards after the catch. You need you need a, a third and ten. Throw him a seven-yard route and let him do work afterwards. I think that's that's what Josh needs is some more yak guys, and that's yep. exactly what Emmanuel Sanders is. On top of the fact, if you guys saw um, Emmanuel Sanders' pressure this week, dude's absolutely in love with being on the Bills. Said he's been a fan since 2014. Went on to say when he came to Buffalo, the, the crowd was insane. Um, he talked about how great Brandon Bean was. He met with Sean McDermott. He also said the Bills had the cleanest uniforms in the NFL, which I can't disagree with because we do have the cleanest jerseys in the NFL. So Iron Mike's throwing in another super chat. I want to, I want to, I want to, my four DM three. I want to call a spade a spade right quick. I love Emmanuel Sanders. I love the acquisition, but let's, let's not forget that he chose Drew Brees last year. <laughs> we we had the same, we had the same uniform. He chose to take, he chose to take a nap last year. He, cho- he chose to he chose to take a he chose to take a nap last year. <laughs> oh, but, so yeah. but but well, at, at, at the same time, I he mean, he ran up kind of quick this year, right? He didn't take that. I I I think to I think that he realized during the season he's like, yeah, I I definitely should have just accepted the offer, but it worked out. 
I mean, that was this was the third time Brandon Bean tried to get him. He tried to get him in the trade deadline 2019. He tried to get him in the offseason last year, and now we finally got him. So maybe third time was a charm for him. I, I don't know, but it's interesting, very interesting. He picked up the phone and said, yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, so back to the John Brown thing, I can remember like two or three contested catches. That's about it. <clears throat> Not a lot. One this year he got hurt on. Yeah, that's very, very good point. Very good point. Um, thank you, Vlad, for – I don't know if that's a super chat or a super sticker. I appreciate that. That goes right back into our brand. I appreciate it. If you guys want – all right, so if you're watching on Facebook, you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Twitter, please smash the like button. There is 43 people in here in YouTube, and I have 14 likes. So we got to get that up. Um, if you guys haven't subscribed, the button, if you're watching on YouTube, it's right down below here. Hit that subscribe button. Click the bell. That way you get notified. You guys know when all of our videos go live. And I was telling A. Rich, about a year ago, I used to do these things called pre-recorded videos. They did pretty well. Those are coming back. So you're going to get some DM3 videos. These two guys down below are probably going to have a show. Um, we're working out the kinks on that. So get used to these two gentlemen right here. We're going to see if they have some chemistry and some camaraderie, which I feel like they will, because um, these both these guys are awesome. The acumen from both these guys is, is off the charts. So let's get to let's get to my favorite signing of free agency. I think this is A. Rich's favorite as well because A. Rich is freaking Nostradamus. All right. Huh. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky signs a $2.5 million one-year deal. Oh. A. Rich on record two almost two weeks ago saying – that if there was a guy that he could have that fits a similar skill set to if Josh goes down, it's this man right here. Everybody kind of scoffed at him, right? I didn't think it was reasonably going to happen because I didn't think that the money was going to be an issue, even with it being the, the weird, you know, nuclear winner for salary cap for teams. I just didn't think that we'd be able to afford it. Um, all right, so I'm going to go to A. Rich first. And then I'll hit the boys. A Rich, what does this signing first off? Give me your give me your initial reaction. Tell tell them because I know me and you spoke about it when it happened. But give 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 the masses your initial reaction and, and your thoughts on Mitch Trubisky and what this means to the Bills. It, it we're 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 at that championship window. The Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, the rest of that organization understands that the Buffalo Bills championship window is now. And the way that Josh Allen plays, we all alluded to it. We uh, against Tennessee when he got hurt a couple of years ago against uh, New England Patriots when he was hurt. Even last year when he had a separated shoulder. Josh Allen, he's a dog. He's a beast. We love his mentality. We love his bravado. But sometimes he puts himself in harm's way. And out of the elite of the elite quarterbacks, he puts himself in harm's way more than the rest of the quarterbacks, the elite quarterbacks in this NFL put themselves in harm's way. So if you have an opportunity to get an upgrade at the backup quarterback position, you do so. Why? Because this is the Buffalo Bills championship window. And you're telling us that the season can still be salvaged, God forbid, if Josh Allen goes down for a short, a short amount of time, right? If we are in the meats and bones of our schedule and Josh Allen was to go down, we have a capable backup quarterback that's able to hold the fort until our franchise quarterback comes back. And not only do we get a uh, 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 upgrade at franchise quarter at backup quarterback, we got a guy in Mitch Trubisky that's 29 and 21 as a starter. 
He knows how to win. He's been in he's been in the league a few years now. He hasn't had the success that he wanted. But as a backup quarterback, getting put in that situation, he has to be top three best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And he understood the pro, uh, the progression from Josh Allen. So he said, you know what? Let me take a little bit less to go to Brian Dable, to go to Ken Dorsey and, and see if I could fix my game the way that they fixed and helped elevated Josh Allen's game. So I think it's a great move on both sides. And I just want to add to that, that 2018 Josh was injured. Now, none of these are his fault, obviously. I, I don't think any of these are his fault. He was injured 2018. 2019, he got a concussion, which because sometimes he tends to run into tackles. Um, and then I'm, I'm serious, right? Oh, he Dude, does. <laughs> he tries mm-hmm. to stiff arm everybody. And at some point, mm-hmm. someone's going to have to take him aside and say, Dude, you need to cut do- quit doing that stuff because it's not, it's not conducive for your career. Last year, he played – I'm firmly – on the he played with a separated shoulder train after that hit he took in the Raiders game when he still made that crazy that crazy throw to Diggs. Um, mm-hmm. So three years, three injuries. Now we all know, and I'll, I'll harp on this till I'm blue in the face. We all know about Andrew Luck and the reason why he retired because he was sick of being in pain all the time. And I'm not saying that Josh and Andrew Luck are the same quarterback because they're two completely different quarterbacks as far as play style. But the way Josh plays, he plays aggressive, and we saw what happened to Cam Newton. Um, throughout his career, the injuries started to pile up to where he had to become a just pocket passer because at any given moment he could try to design run play and he could be out of the game. So to have Trubisky and his skill set, they can still do the RPOs if Josh goes out. He can still do design quarterback runs if they want to. So, mm-hmm. Charlie, what's your take on, on the Trubisky signing? Yeah, I mean, perfect backup for Josh in terms of skill set. And I think it's just a smart decision for Trubisky. I think too many times you see players who really aren't necessarily self-aware. And I think this shows that Trubisky is self-aware. Look at it this way. He comes here. He's going to be on a team that wins anywhere from, what, 10 to 14 games. He's probably going to go into a couple playoff games. He saw what Brian Dable can do for Josh Allen. And hopefully he saw what an offseason – quarterback coach like Jordan Palmer can do and hopefully he does that as well because his mechanics are wonky but he's got a year to sit behind learn from a great offensive mind a similar type quarterback and yeah if Josh goes down he's gonna play some games this is a this is Brandon being said it it's like a reset for Mitch if he goes plays on the bills we win 13 games he goes deep in the playoffs Brian Dable gets a head coaching job Who's not to say that Brian Dable takes him with? Because then they have familiarity. I think it's a great move. Great move for everybody. That's an excellent point, Charlie. Mm-hmm. That's a really excellent point. Izzy, what's your thoughts on on Money Mitch Trubisky? My man Charlie uh, said exactly what I was thinking. Is that I think that this is actually <laughs> actually a lot of a favor to Brian Dable because we all know that next year this is probably his last year in Buffalo, and you have the number, former number two overall pick at quarterback who you pull in a team, he's going to learn his system, which means that when Dable goes and finds another job as a head coach somewhere, what's going to happen? He's going to need a quarterback, and he's going to have Trubisky, who he knows knows the system already. And what do you do at that point? Well, if he was good, you bring him along. He can be your bridge or your future. I don't know how good or bad he'd be, but yeah, that was I mean, he's only 26, right, something like that. I mean, he's still a young guy. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking since we signed him. I was like, oh, they're doing Brian Dable a favor. 
they're getting him ready early for his scouting and his exit because they know he's not going to be here that long. And I'll give you guys a fire spin on this, and I put it in our group chat. Um, who's to say if we have normal NFL offseason with mini camp, training camp, preseason, even if it's just two games, um, who's to say that who's to say he doesn't perform in preseason and becomes trade material? I'm not saying that's why they brought him in, but I'm just saying Brandon Bean is always thinking of f- the, the future and how he can better the team, not just by signing Trubisky, but what – I mean, look at A.J. McCarron. They signed him, right? Right. And then they traded him in in, in preseason. So right. I'm, not, I'm not saying they're going to do that because I think that they want Trubisky here the whole year because they want to do right by him and by the Bills if something happens. Um, because if Josh does go down, it's not – Jake Fromm, who hasn't taken an NFL snap, or Davis Webb, who hasn't taken an NFL snap. It's Mitch Trubisky, former number two overall, who, by the way, Brandon Bean did say he, the guy's won 29 games out of, out of 50. He's not a bad quarterback. Um, right. So it's a reset for him. Um, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the camaraderie between the two guys, you know, because we all know how Josh and Barkley used to cut up. Um, yeah. But I, I think to me, we have been clamoring for a couple off seasons to upgrade the backup quarterback position. And finally, Brandon Bean, I think, realized, and this is no knock on Matt Barkley because I know what him and his family are to that locker room and the community and everybody loves him. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it was time to say, hey, if we're in a playoff run and it's week 15 and Josh gets injured, we need someone to sustain the success that we're having. So mm-hmm. I think that's what that is. So let me hit the comment section. If you guys got any more comments while I'm looking, just let me know. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll move on to our next guy. Another super oh, yeah. chat. Hold up, hold up one second. Is he another super chat from Vlad? Uh, we all hope we won't we won't see Trubisky on the field, but let's be honest, he's a much insur- he's a much better insurance policy than Barkley. Uh, I yeah. couldn't agree with you more. Like I just mm-hmm. said, I don't know if you sent that in before I said that, but I appreciate the super chats, Vlad. Um, yes. Great great insight, man. Great insight for sure. I was gonna say, say I was gonna say uh, a lot of people are, are really down on Trubisky, but he's he's throwing passes at a sixty-six percent clip. He had twenty-four touchdowns and twelve interceptions his best year. I mean, the, the kid's capable. I think that really what it boiled down to was toxic leadership in, in Chicago. I don't think that Nagy's a really that great head coach, and Trubisky suffered for it. Yeah, I mean, he kind of got EJ manualed. Like oh. he's a guy who, well, he's a guy, but EJ got overdrafted. Like EJ yeah, wasn't a first round quarterback. He's a second round quarterback. And if he had been drafted in the second round or third round, our whole mentality would have changed about him. Same mm-hmm. thing with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Tr- Trubisky's drafted what second? And then Mahomes mm-hmm. and Watson. People mm-hmm. are like, look at Mahomes and Watson. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. So the pressure because he was picked point. ahead of him. If he's picked mm-hmm. in the second round, yeah, it's not, not a big yeah, deal. Exactly. It's, it's there's so much about just w- the perception of where a guy's picked, you know, and, and how we view people like that. Expectations, yeah, and uh, uh, to to Brandon being and the excellent that this the excellence that this man is. Let's talk about something else. And this wasn't uh, this wasn't on my notes, but Tyrod Taylor signed for twelve million dollars with the Houston Texans. Ryan Fitzpatrick signed for ten million dollars with the Washington Football Team. Mitch Trubisky got two point five million dollars. You think that has anything to do with culture and this team's winning and? Right. I mean, it, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Right. Not a lot of people are talking about that, too. And that's no knock on Tyrod. 
And that's no knock on Fitz because they're both former Bills, and uh, the both guys are great, great guys, and they did what they could while they were here. But, I mean, it's insane. $10 million, almost $10 million less than what Tyrod got um, in that toxic environment that is the Houston Texans. So, yeah. all right, let's, I, let's – I think that's probably the best example – I know we've been saying, well, they resigned Milano, this, that, the other great culture. That's probably the best example of that the Bills have made it. When you've got a guy who went second overall, he's won 29 games, things didn't go well, and he's willing to come to play for your team because he knows he's going to learn something for $2 million. I mean, that says a lot about an organization, I think. I think, too, for to, to piggyback off your point, too, he's going to learn – to, to piggyback off your culture thing, he's going to learn what a winning organization looks like. One that's fundamentally sound and structured to be successful. No knock on the Chicago bears, but they've been in flux ever since, you know, a, a few years back when they were, they were making it to the playoffs and things like that. And they had the, the doink, the doink game, but like he's coming into a culture that the coaching staff is great. One guy should have been a, a head coach if, if he wasn't, playing deep into the playoffs. Another guy, the defensive coordinator, was interviewing for head coaching jobs. Sean McDermott, I still think, got snubbed for coach of the year, and Brandon Bean was executive of the year. So you, you, it's, it's just great for him. And maybe Mitch understood that. Maybe we need to take a deep dive into the, the you know, Mitch's thought process of, well, shit, I'll take $2.5 million to go play in an organization that is on the rise that guys are talking about around the league that is structured in a way that they're going to welcome me with open arms. And I'm going to feel like part of something that I haven't felt before since I've been in the NFL. So, um, cause we're going to talk about another guy who, and if you haven't smashed the like, like Daniel Garvey's my guy champion for the like button, smash the like button. <laughs> There's 56 in here now on YouTube. I need 56 thumbs up. If you're watching on Facebook, smash, smash, smash it, share it, subscribe on YouTube, do all that great stuff. Um, there's like 798 million comments. So let me sift through here. If you guys want to talk any, any more on Mitch, we can talk on Mitch and then I'll, I'm going to move on to our, our next guy. I just poured Tyrod Taylor going to the Texans. That guy can't catch a break. Well, I mean, luckily for him, like they haven't drafted a young quarterback. Your point about Tyrod, he has choices, right? He could have taken a cheaper deal to go play somewhere else as a backup because he's he's a backup in Houston unless something happens with Watson here in the next you know couple months, well, right? He, pro- he right. probably had. Yeah, I'm not getting into that. He no, probably no, no. he doesn't want to be pro- there. Anyway. He said he re- he said he won't play either way. So. Yeah, so he probably had some choices. So, I mean, if he gets paid twelve million dollars and ends up starting this season, okay, fine. That that that's fine. I right. get that, but. You know, I, I don't know. Right. It, he's it, he's hoping it, that that they just he Watson sits out and they don't draft a young guy and Tyrod can actually play the whole year. Mm-hmm. Who's he of, playing with though? Like, I, that, I, I mean, there's, I, no, I, there's no receivers. I, like, who's he playing with? He doesn't care at this point. In. He doesn't well, even care at this point. He just wants I to think, play. I'm, yeah, and I'm pr- I'm pretty sure Houston's going to run the ball. They just signed Mark Ingram, David Johnson. And yeah, they got else? like 17 running backs. So. Yeah, so I mean, which is they're... fine because Tyrod doesn't throw it any more than two yards down the field anyway. So, oh, woo! Yeah, buddy. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to bust yeah, out right, the new graphics. Right. I'm going to bust out the new graphics, right? Charlie coming off the rip with the hot take. That, that, All right. that, the Texans got two new fans because when Tyrod sound because Ryan Clark and Mina Kimes 
uh, are probably going to be Texans fans now since they're so obsessed with Tyrod and Tyrod. wanting him to start and all that stuff. Oh, Jesus, those two. All right, so we signed a tight end. It's not breaking news, but we signed a tight end. It's not the <laughs> tight end everybody was talking about. But the Bills signed Jacob Hollister, former Wyoming teammate of Josh Allen. We gave him one year, $1.12 million. That's his contract's actually nine hundred ninety thousand. So he's got a, he's got incentives to get up to one point one two million. Um, that's his career stats there: seventy four receptions, six touchdowns. So, okay, Charlie, I'll go to you. I'll go to you first, Charlie. And what's your thoughts on on Jacob Hollister? What what's your initial thoughts on this signing? Is this a depth move to because we traded Lee Smith? Is this a guy who's going to contribute somewhat? What what's your thoughts? I really like the move actually because I think I've talked before about you want to get more production from the tight end room, but you still want to develop Dawson Knox. And if you get a John U. Smith, a Zach Ertz, you can't really do that because they're going to demand all the touches. You're not playing 12 personnel. So to me, this gives you four tight ends on the roster. It gives you a guy who has experience with another good quarterback, Russell Wilson, it's a friend of Josh's. There's some comfort there. The Bills are big on comfort, if you didn't notice. Like last year, it was everyone from Carolina. Comfort. This year, they've got a couple guys that Josh knows. So, yeah, this guy isn't going to, you know, blow the doors off or anything. But I think it's a solid option. The guy's targeted about 40, 50 times in the Seattle offense the past couple of years. He's got a 66% catch rate in those two years. I mean, this, he's a solid tight end. You know, he's not an athletic freak. But I think this is kind of the best of both worlds because it it doesn't necessarily cut away from too many of of Knox's reps, but it gives him a, a, another solid veteran to uh, you know to learn from and that kind of stuff. Izzy, what's your thoughts on Mister Mister Hollister? He looks like Chris D'Elia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen him make some plays in Seattle. Uh, I've watched some of their games. Um, I, I did when, you know, Lynch was there, so I kind of just stuck with him. Plus, I like watching Russell Wilson because he's amazing. Uh, and every now and then you see Hollister get out there on a corner route and catching a catching a ball in the end zone. You know, once in a while he'll run a little wheel route. He, he's not a bad tight end like Charlie said. He's got his little niche, though. His niche is almost the opposite of what Dawson Knox does. Dawson Knox is your stretch the field, you know, catch the ball and wreck somebody's sh- stuff tight end. While Hollister, mm-hmm. trying to keep it clean. <laughs> uh, while Hollister is is more of your underneath guy, your little sneaky route guy. You're not sneaking Dawson Knox anywhere. He's just he's not right. that he's not that dude. But Hollister, you know, he's more of the you know the low key dude that you see catching passes like, oh shoot, he was open. He was he was there. Okay, like Lee Smith, but faster. <laughs> All right. So if if everybody should be familiar with. Because everybody, when they bring up their top five games um, from the Bills from this past season, it's the Seattle game, right? Everybody talks about the Seattle game because the Bills' offense went nuts, right? Josh went nuts. That was uh, following. That was the following when Josh's grandmother passed. He was inspired. He went crazy. The Bills didn't even try to run the ball. I think, but like four times the whole game. So mm-hmm. let me show you guys something a clip, and then I'll be right back. And then, A-Rich, I want to get your take on Hollister. Off the Ravens practice squad, pass complete. Bills 
blitz. Wilson's pass is on target. First down inside the 35. Bills come with a late blitz. Wilson on the rollout completes and spinning. Fires catch made. It'll be first. Anybody remember that? That guy, like a lot of tight ends this this season, ate the Bills up pretty good. Now, I know he was in a dynamic offense. The Bills were focused on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and things like that. But, A. Rich, what's your thoughts on Mr. Hollister? Uh, when I saw that little film there, that little clip, he looked like Dawson Knox in a Seattle uniform a little bit. Did he? Didn't he? Yeah, he looked he looked like a, a a better version of Dawson Knox. Not as much athleticism, but still athletic enough with better hands. So Tommy um, um uh, yeah, kind of like that. I think I think actually Jacob Cal Hollister is a better athlete than Tommy Sweeney. I think uh, Tommy Sweeney got soft hands, and I want to see what Tommy Sweeney does, but I, I, I like it once again, draft, develop, and resign. Uh that's what that's what that's one of the blueprints for Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. And and Dawson Knox is in that developmental stage, right? We understand he come from Ole Miss. We have to understand that coming from Ole Miss, playing with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, he didn't get the ball much at all. So now when you transition into the NFL and you you getting targeted on more on a consistent basis, more than you ever got targeted in the past four or five years, it's, it's definitely a, a, a different transition uh, a wide receiver has to make. And that's that's one of the things that, uh, Dawson Knox is transitioning too. I always said that I felt that Dawson Knox is, and a couple of people said it as well. Dawson Knox at the tight end position is Josh Allen. He is raw and he possesses all the athletic tools and abilities that you want out of your tight end, but he's still raw and he still he still have uh, a, a lot of game, a lot of work in his game to develop. But with that patience and development going into his third year with a signing like Jacob Hollister, it can still give Dawson Knox that confidence to get better and take a hold of this number one tight end position. And I like Tony Tremble as well from Notre Dame. It will also give us some time if we wanted to go late in the draft and, tight, and, and draft a tight end. That kid from Notre Dame is, is, is in the picture as well. So uh, I like the move. And this is all depends on, on Dawson Knox, right? Is Dawson Knox going to take that next step forward? And, and, and we're going to see. You know who I like, A. Rich? There's a tight end that plays in Miami. Oh, yeah. Marvin George. That's my guy. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're going to take Pat Freermuth. I just – I didn't – I don't I, – I don't know what – this This to me – okay, because everything came out about Zach Ertz, right? And everybody was talking about – and we got a segment coming up in the show about tweets from this week that I'm, I'm going to show this a little bit more in depth. But – Brandon Bean made it clear in his end-of-season presser, we need to get better at the tight end position. I don't think this was the move to put us over the top for him. Maybe they think it is. I, I don't know, but a lot of the people that are pounding the table for Zach Ertz or Kyle Rudolph, who we were also in on, um, Jared Cook, apparently we were also – any tight end that was a free agent, apparently we were in on Gerald Everett. We were in talks with all these guys. And I don't know if, I don't know if it came – no, Gronk was a rumor that was put out that that never happened. That that was just somebody blowing smoke to create a story. Um, I tweeted about it a few days back. But if we're in on these veteran tight ends, you got to think that this isn't going to be the only move. I'm not going to say we're, we're going to go sign somebody or trade for somebody because I've heard that the Earth talk is dead. 
Like it, it wasn't as exaggerated as everybody made it out to be. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, I, I mean, I drafting, dr- drafting I another tight end in the mid mid rounds. I mean, is that going to solve the issue? Not for this year, maybe for the future, but I don't think for this year. And, and we have to remember too, Dawson Knox was a quarterback, was he not? Yes. In high school, mm-hmm. so he has the IQ to understand the plays that are being called in his role because the quarterback to me is the smartest player on the offense. I mean, that that's hands down. They got to know everything. So he's still trying to figure that out. Um, You saw the bills at the end of the season, give him some more. I don't want to say gimmies, but even the touchdown in the AFC championship game was a gimme. There was plays where they were just trying to build his confidence, maybe going into the off season so that he can maybe put in some more work and, and we'll see, but he's working out with George Kittle. So, there's been some talk that he's working out with George Kittle and he's trying to get better. So I saw the comment from Daniel Gauries is that he doesn't remind me of Dawson Knox because he caught everything. So (laughs) I think I've been, I've been extremely hard on Dawson Knox as everybody knows. And I know we should probably just give him a chance. So uh, another super chat from Iron Mike tremble does it all. He will line up and blow the linebacker out of the hole and catch a couple passes with great speed and get some yaks. Yeah. I know A. Rich likes him too. So, all right, let's. He's nice. Let's. Yeah. All right. So we've already been off for almost forty-eight hours. There's over a hundred of you guys between Facebook hours? and YouTube. Yeah, we're hitting well fifty. We're at fifty minutes already. Um, so we got sixty-seven on YouTube. I need some more. I need some more likes. Give me some thumbs up. Give me some subscribes on YouTube, so that way we can get this algorithm boosted up and get more and more engagement each week. Um, share this if you're watching on Facebook. So I'm going to get into one that I may not have the most positive take on, um, and hopefully I won't get too hammered on it. So (laughs) there was some talk that came out today by people that I'm not going to name drop because I don't don't like to do that because that's not my style, but people that are in the know in the NFL circles that I trust when they report things. The Bills were in contact with Dory Jackson, immediately you know right after his release they were in contact with him the talks went cold very shortly after levi wallace was re-signed now let me see who i want to go to first because i want to go last on this topic a rich give me your take on levi because i think over the years me and you are both kind of we're, we're, we're like this on our takes on Levi, on Levi Wallace. What's what's your take on this signing? I know he came out and said that he didn't even try to entertain any kind of other offers, and he wanted to win a Super Bowl and stuff like that. But what, what's your what's your take on, on Levi Wallace re-signing with the Bills? We don't have any money. Adoree Jackson is going to be what he's he, he Adoree Jackson would la- probably laugh at you if you present him with a one point seven five million dollar contract. Uh, I don't I don't think we have the money to to address that position. So we said, you know what? Let's bring back Levi Wallace. Uh, Levi Wallace is our floor, right? The 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 worst we can possibly get is Levi Wallace. We are going to hope that Dane Jackson develops into a guy that we can depend on and a guy that can be better than Levi Wallace. But if he's not better than Levi Wallace, we have Levi Wallace. (laughs) And (laughs) and we're going to draft the cornerback at some point in the draft. We're going to and we're going to draft them second or third round, in my opinion. 
I think we're going to end up drafting the cornerback. We're going to, and we're going to let that drafted cornerback battle it out with Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson. And we're going to see who gets that outside cornerback spot. Izzy, what's your thoughts on Levi Wallace? Uh, I think he is. Okay. How do I word this? Uh, Levi Wallace is better than most Bills fans want to give him credit for, but he's still as bad as they say he is. He's, he's, he's a great kid and he's good in zone coverage, but you put him man to man and he's getting roasted like Josh Norman. He's just, he's just not capable of being versatile enough for this defense. And here's, here's the argument a lot of people make with me. He's the best tackling corner that we have. I, and I'm not going to knock on Levi Wallace because He's an undrafted guy that came from a really good system, and I think that he has some peaks and valleys. I think that he showed sometimes he's got what it takes to be an NFL corner, but then he has some games where it seems like he's picked on. Um, and I'm not – I don't remember who said it, but it might have been EJ Daniels that we had on from Buffalo PF, uh, PFF when he said, is he oh, the guy that is just tackling – is he the guy that's just tackling the guy that catches the ball? Do you, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Like he's he's not Trey's cornerback too, but he's just the guy that's tackling the guy that catches the ball because he's giving up. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlie, what, what's your thoughts, man? Break this down for me. Oh man, like he's a guy who I wish we would get rid of, but I completely, <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with a Rich that like. It's, that's exactly. I'm sure. Wait, hold, on, hold on, Charlie. Hold on. A little <laughs> coordinated better next time. Um, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I, gotta, man, I, just, like, I just, I just, I just hit it when I hit it, man. You just. Oh, all right. No, I mean, you're on the team now. You just gonna get uh, abused. Yeah, yeah. That's how. That's, he does it. To everybody. He does it. To everybody. He got me. I mean, that's why they did it, right? He's the floor. They don't have money. And for what it's worth, he does have a better passer rating against than Trey White. So, oh no, he he just Levi Wallace you. He just burnt you. <laughs> well, that's the thing, Whoa. and that's the thing that bothers me about the McDermott defense. Right? Whoa. Is he wants these like zone guys who can play zone? The problem is, is they're not athletes either. That's so, the like, problem. they've got to play thirty yards off the ball. That's the problem right there. That's the problem. So, mm-hmm. and, and my EJ is my co-host on another podcast with me. So I know his takes about cornerbacks very well. And I think he's got a lot of good points. Like look at what happened to us in Kansas city. What did they do? They ran three safeties against us and they got young physical athletes at corner. Mm-hmm. What happened to Kansas city against Tampa? Mm-hmm. They ran three safeties. They've got young physical mm-hmm. athletes at corner. And we don't like we don't have that. So whether it's Hamza Nasrulladeen, my guy, or it's somebody else, it's it's a there's they should like draft like three defensive backs. And just figure it out. Athle- athletic defensive backs. Yeah, athletes, athletes, man. Athletes, straight athletes. You can play zone, but I don't. But I don't want to be able to be like, well, that guy can't outrun you know the the trash collector, so he's got to play forty five yards back. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people in the comment section are agreeing with all of us. And look here, I, I like Levi Wallace and I don't want everybody that's, that's tuning in. If you're just now tuning in or if you've been on here the whole time to think that we're just bashing bills players, cause we're not, we're giving no. honest perspective on, I think that we watching the chiefs game. I thought that we needed to upgrade 
somewhere in the secondary. Obviously not Tredavious White, obviously not Jordan Poyer, and obviously not Micah Hyde. So that leaves you to believe that it's the CB2 spot. I pounded the table for a veteran. Why did I pound the table for a veteran? Because if you retain Levi Wallace, you have Dane Jackson, who was a seventh-round pick. Ironically enough, I believe that's the pick we got from Minnesota, if I'm correct. So thank you, Minnesota, for Stephon Diggs and Dane Jackson. Um, bring, in a vet, bring in a vet if you can't – if you're not sure how the draft is going to play out and if you're not sure of being able to get somebody else, secure a vet to show these guys how to prep, how to – improve their man game just do all this stuff and that's why i was pounding the table for richard sherman bring in one of the smartest man smartest men in the entire nfl who can play lights out still i'm not saying he's richard sherman of, of uh back when he was with seattle but I, I think if you bring him in he gives you more than just on the field production and that's that to me would be a McDermott and being hired because they like these guys for what they can contribute off the field to these guys in the locker room, in the film room and things like that. So that that's my take. I'm not knocking the Levi uh, signing because we don't know the inner conversations that Brandon beans had with other GMs of all these corners that are getting signed. I mean, everybody's getting signed and it's these seven, six, seven, eight, nine million dollars. And then we see Levi Wallace for 1.75. It's a steal. Um, because we don't have money to play with. So, all right, let me hit the comment section because you guys are you guys are throwing a ton of comments in here. Uh, let's see here. John Marlowe, our draft, if there is a head-turning difference maker at 30, then trade back and get more picks. All right, we can talk about the draft for a minute. I want, I want, all, I want all three of you guys' opinions, and I'll give you mine. Um, hey, Rich, you go first. What are we doing at 30? What would you – if you're Brandon Bean and the pick is in, it's your turn, who are you selecting at 30? You don't have to give me a player. Just give me a position. I would do exactly what that comment had up on the board. That, that exact comment that you put up on the board just now, I would trade back. I would use my 30th overall pick. I would trade back in the mid-30s, late mid to late 30s. I'll, I'll acquire an extra two and possibly another four. And and that's what I would do personally. If it, you know, um, just looking at where we are and how we're structured as a team, we didn't get much better in terms of getting a lot of different guys in here. I think there is definitely some needs still with the Buffalo Bills uh, roster needs to improve, and I think we need some guys to do it. So I, that the first thing I would look for is a, is a trade back. If I can't find that uh, trade back uh, position, I'm definitely looking for uh, an athletic corner. You know, an athletic corner, athletic safety, athletic linebacker. I'm looking for somebody that's fast, physical, and athletic on the defensive side of the ball that can that can cover tight ends or cover slot receivers if if need be. So I'm looking at a Ifantu, uh, uh, Ifantu, who I was who I was talking to earlier uh, today, 6'3", 215 pounds, 44 and a half inch vertical, four four forty. We need athletes like that. So um, that that's what I'll be looking at if we had to select that at pick thirty. Who was that? Uh, that Alfonso uh, Melifano. Yeah, yeah Melifano from Syracuse. All right. Yep. Hey, hey, okay, Rick. Like this is on our docket right here. So hold tight, man. We're gonna we're gonna get to this in just in just a second. This is definitely something we're gonna talk about. Uh, so Izzy, who are you taking at thirty, or what are you doing with the the number thirty pick? All right. So if if the right player falls to Buffalo at thirty, and my my name might surprise you is Kadarius Tony. Mm. If he's there at thirty, you pick him up. 
because after Emmanuel Sanders leaves, he's your number two guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Um, if someone like that is not there, not just him, like if somehow uh, Wusu Kuromoa falls that far, you mm-hmm. pick him up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if if not, like like you guys already said, you trade back, you try and get you another second and a fourth or a second and a third. We don't have a fourth round pick. We could use one. Right. right. I mean, so why not? And then if no one's there that you want, why waste the value? Brandon Bean doesn't do that. That's not what he does. Right. right. If if who he wants isn't there, he's not going to stay there. So that's, that's logical. I, I could see him just moving back and then not worrying about it. And also moving out of the first round saves you cap space. True. Good point. Yeah, that first that first round draft uh contract. That's a good point. Uh Charlie, what about you, man? I'd Mr. prefer draft himself. <laughs> I'd prefer a trade back. Um, I mean, I was getting some crazy trade offers in that mock draft I did, which is not realistic, but I prefer a trade back and pick up another, you know, obviously you're getting that second round pick to trade back and then mm-hmm. maybe you can get a third from somebody, but definitely another fourth and a fifth. And then I think it's kind of like, I mean, edge rusher, a couple defensive backs, maybe an offensive lineman, a developmental one tech to uh, learn behind Star, because who knows how long Star is going to be here. And then uh, I saw in the comments, a bunch of people were asking about kick returner, and someone mentioned Daz Newsom. Yeah, sixth round or something like that. I mean, there's lots of – I mean, you can get receivers who can return kicks, like, you know, in the sixth, sixth, seventh round. It's not a problem. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many running backs and receivers that are are in the draft that you can wait on that for a long time. Um, I mean, I guess if they stay at 30 – I, I will say the one thing, uh, which is a great point, I think, about Kadarius Tony. To me, for a while, I was really on that Kadarius Tony uh, train because I'm like, man, we're afraid of Tyreek Hill, right? And we're afraid of Miko Hardman. And we need somebody like that on our team. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if we don't take Tony at 30 and then the Chiefs take him at 31, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad because, like, that's three guys who are like four, two guys. Like, what? Right. I mean, they're gonna have to like leave Levi Wallace in the end zone, even when Kansas City's at their own four. That is- I, I mean, like, how do you cover all three of those guys plus Kelsey? Like, what are you gonna do? Like, it's not I fair. Yeah, I hope and, that, and, that don't happen. And that's funny you say that because Kansas City's been trying to sign wide receivers in free agency. Yeah, man. Yeah. They, Look, they, they, they know what they're good at, and they just keep doing it, like the Patriots. Like, and they, they might, the they might go Tony. Guy and you're like, God damn it, the Patriots. How did they do that? But if Tony is like, there, you can't pass on him. You can't let Kansas City have him. You oh, can't not do my that. camera off and everything. Like, I'm getting too illuminated over here. <laughs> All right. All right. So everybody's going to hate this, but I got a comment in here, and then I'm, I'm out on this conversation because this is my pick right here. I'm out. Nope. Nope. I'm taking ET. I'm not no. saying I'm taking. Hey, I'm not saying. Listen, listen wait. I'm not saying I'm taking him at thirty because okay. he might be there at thirty, at 30 something in the second round. Okay, I'm with you there. I, so okay. if somebody's yeah. willing to trade me because I think he'll, I think he'll fall to the second because there's a ton of linemen, there's a ton of linebackers, corners, the edge rushers. I think that there's a ton of guys, wide receivers, the running back. I think this this draft, the running backs are just going to fall. I'm just I'm just saying he's met with the Bills twice. He's already met with the Bills twice. And I think that if you could find a trade partner to get out of 30 and get back in the second round, maybe acquire a third or fourth round pick, and you can get Travis Etienne, mm-hmm. you take that all day long mm-hmm. because he solves a whole bunch of problems. 
He can he he can catch out of the backfield. He's good in pass protection. He's pretty damn quick. Oh yeah, and he's that speed back that you need that you don't have on the team. A lot of people were talking about Moss and Motor, and this is going to come up later in the show. And I don't want to I don't want to squish that that topic later on. But I'm I'm not satisfied at running back. I'm sorry, I'm not. You brought back Feliciano. To me, that means that you're okay with what you have up front. Talk to me all you want about continuity last year. Talk to me about how none of that starting five didn't play together all season, one game. I get that. I Trust me, I get that. But I don't see an explosive back. I don't see a guy who can change a game in, 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 in a snap of his fingers with an explosive play, can score from anywhere in our backfield. That's just me, and I'm done with that topic. <laughs> so I can get a Travis – ETN later on in the draft. Who? I can go. I Who? can Shuba go ahead. I, I, I could go Shuba ahead. Well, I would go ahead and I would Shuba trade Hubbard? back. I would Shuba. trade. I would trade back and I would and I would fill those necessary holes. I can. I could get a Javarian Hawkins in the fifth round from Louisville. That's an explosive, an explosive uh, running back. I could get the uh, Demetric Felton that we was looking at from UCLA at Swiss Army Knife. I can. I can get the the wide receiver from uh, from Iowa. The, the wide receiver that actually reminds me of John Brown. His name is not coming to me right now, but he's a big big kid yeah. from I big kid yeah. from Iowa, Buffalo Bills looked at. He's a burner and he played kick return and punt return. I think it's just so much, so much guys. I think this wide receiver and I think the skill positions in this draft is just loaded where I can find solid players to contribute in the mid to late rounds. So uh, that's just how I feel about it. But you never know what may happen. ETN is an explosive back. And and to combat that, they've taken a they've taken a running back in the third round the last two years. Think about that. So you willing to take a running back in the third or fourth round again, when you can get a guy that's a game changer, and pick up picks, second and third day picks for it. I'm saying if that happens, you know, I'm not I'm not on the draft network and I'm not on all these, you know, PFFs draft simulator where you can just do these outrageous trades and make this stuff happen because. If, if we get stuck with 30, I'm definitely taking an athlete on defense. If we're stuck at 30 and they don't mm-hmm. trade, if they can mm-hmm. trade back, then, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking ETN or one of those guys all, all day, all day. But was you, you know what Brandon you're, Smith. You, but you know what you're saying? You're saying that you, I think that Brandon B. and Sean McDermott believe in Zach Moss. I think they believe in Zach Moss. I think they believe in Devin Singletary. May, they may believe one more than the other. But I think they believe in in the running backs that they that that regime drafted, and I think uh, they could possibly upgrade with a niche player, a fast, explosive player that can come in and sporadically on third downs and come in and play the slot receiver position. So we'll see what happens, man. It's, it's, it's very interesting. It's going to be a, and, a very interesting how it plays out. And to your point, what did Philip Lindsay just sign with the Texans for? A little over three million dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, people talk about his injuries. The dude's young. He's basically been in the league, I believe, what, three years? He's been uh, in the league? Four. Four, four years? Four or four five years? at the most. He's like 26. Yeah. Isn't he? $3 million? So that, that could be a sign that you're right, A-Rich, that maybe they're okay with either that or picking up somebody in the draft or somebody down the road. Um, I see a lot. Let's talk about this. All right. Mm-hmm. Antonio Williams. What's your guys' opinion on Antonio Williams? Uh, Charlie, go. What do you think, man? What, what's your thoughts on, on Antonio Williams? Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, I think that he's a developmental guy, and he'll br- probably be on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the Bill. <laughs> well, here we go. Bills fans always like love these guys, right? You know, yes. it's Christian Wade. Like, oh my God, Christian Wade. Like, guys never touched a football in his life, but some people think that he can be the starter. Like, he. I mean, Antonio Williams. Look, give the guy credit. He worked his ass off, right? They gave him a shot. He played well. Great. And but that doesn't mean he's done developing. I. I mean, there's a lot to do in the NFL. So, will they give him a shot in camp? I would. Think so? Why not? I mean, I hope they do, but nothing's guaranteed. Like, what do you have to do to beat out Zach Moss and Devin Singletary? It's more than just that one game. You know what I mean? Like, so if he beats them out and becomes a starter, I'm all in. That's great. But I, you know, just because he had a a good, you know, kick return in a preseason game, or he had a a good game near the end of the year one time, I mean, I'm not going to jump on that he should start train or anything like that. Izzy, what's your thoughts, man? So I, I do like Antonio Williams. I think the kid's got potential. I think that in college he was, you know, not playing the right type of game. And then coming to Buffalo, they taught him the right type of game. He didn't realize that he was as strong as he was. But like he said, he's only played one game. Now the question is, you worked your ass off all year. You got in the game. You played lights out. What does that earn you? What, what have you earned through that game? And to me, what you've earned is a shot to win a job on the main roster next season. So if there's a training camp, if there's no TAs, if there's all these different things, and you go in there, you work your ass off again, and you show these guys, hey, not only am I a better fitness offense, but I'm willing to put in the work, it's possible that he could earn that job. Whether it is the number two or number one back uh, running back, uh, you know, I'm not sure. But I think that it, the, the, the position he put himself in, means that they have to at least pay attention and give them a shot. And I think Mary hits it on the head, as Mary always does with her comments. Oh, my God, Williams had one good game. Hey, Rich, what's your thoughts on Antonio Williams? Uh, I think he's a practice squad player for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills and Antonio Williams is a bruising running back. He doesn't put he ha- he has the power, but don't possess a lot of athletic ability. We already have two running backs that don't possess a lot of athletic abilities. You know, it's kind of like having like five small forwards on a basketball team. You don't want to have five small forwards on a basketball team, right? So right. Antonio Williams, in my opinion, because of his skill set and the skill sets we already have on the active roster, he's going to be a practice squad player. Uh, we need that skill set, an explosive skill set. We need that speed st- uh, skill set. And I think uh, that's what we're going to find. And I think ultimately that's the skill set that will be on the roster along with uh, Zach Moss and, and Devin Singletary, as long as they're healthy. If it's an injury, then Antonio Williams has a chance. But as long as they're healthy, I think he's a practice squad player. Right. And you need guys like that too. Like don't don't forget, on your practice squad, on the bottom of mm-hmm. your roster, this, this mm-hmm. is roster depth. For the Bills, right? So that if somebody does go down, he can come in. He can, he can do something for one game. It's why you signed Trubisky, right? It you need guys at the bottom of the roster who maybe aren't the best athletes. They're hard workers. They put the work in. They buy in. And if you need to call on them once or twice, they can answer the call. That's 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 a great take. All right, I like this comment from AJ. Rumor has it Bean came close to trading for Evan Ingram, and it might still happen. Would you like that trade? And would 
would you be willing? What would you be willing to give up for him? Who wants to take this one? Avery, you want to take that one? Rumor has it that being came close to trading Evan Ingram it might still happen. What, what would you? What is you? Would you like to trade, and what would you be tr- willing to give up for him? If I had a fourth round pick, I would I would give up the fourth for Evan Ingram. Just the third round pick is maybe a little bit too high for me. Uh, we we get frustrated as a fan base with Dawson Knox dropping passes. I think Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram is a is a super athletic Dawson Knox. If we think about it, uh, Dawson Knox is is really athletic. Evan Ingram is even more athletic than Dawson Knox, but I think he has, in terms of drops, if you look at the drops in the NFL, I think Evan Ingram and Dawson Knox's name is not too far apart. So are we willing as a fan base to be to be ready for Evan Ingram to drop uh, critical passes in critical situations? And I don't know if, as a fan, I'm ready for that. I'm in love with his skill set. I don't like the fact that he drops as much passes as Dawson Knox. Uh, he dropped 11 last year. The Ooh. year before. The, the year before, though, I think it was two or three, and the year before that, it was just a couple. Here's here's my thing on Evan Ingram. I like that he's an, he's an, like A. Rich said, he's an athlete. Here's the thing about the Giants: they just signed Kenny Galladay for seventy two million dollars, right? Saquon Barkley is about to get paid, and they're gonna be, they're gonna run out of money. They just signed Kyle Rudolph too. So who's who's paying all these guys? Somebody's gonna be the odd man out. Most likely, it's gonna be Ingram. So. We do have, if I'm not mistaken, we have two fifth round picks. If I'm correct, yeah, Charlie, we got two fifths, right? I throw yeah. a fifth for Ingram all yeah. day That's because right. you're not, you're not, you're not doing, too, you're not losing too much because you still have another fifth. Now, I don't like the fact that we don't have a fourth round pick this year, but I think you throw a fifth at him. It, it's yeah, I'll do it. I, I can, I can, I can yeah. see it working. And, and, and maybe on, say, hey, we'll give you a fourth or something next year. Um, you know, or I mean, I, I know this isn't a Giants uh, broadcast, but I mean, they should really just walk away from Saquon, um, and, and then they wouldn't yeah. really have a salary problem. You know, but whatever. Uh, I, I think mean, that- we, that's that's funny because we were talking about in our group chat, one our guy Cam, we were talking about Saquon Barkley. Um, somebody's going to be the odd man out. They can't pay all these guys. They got to figure out if Danny Dimes is their quarterback. Saquon Barkley's he hasn't signed his fifth year option. That's this year, right? If yeah, I'm they got to decide by like the May middle 3rd. of May on those. May, or? Yeah, May third. Yeah. So he has to sign that. How much money are you going to pay him when you just gave Galladay forty million guaranteed? And we all know Dave Gettleman worked with Brandon Bean in Carolina. So there you go with the Carolina connection again. Fired. So. Um, all right, let's move on. So we got a new little segment here that we're going to do. I'm going to unleash that right now. Izzy's getting down. All right. So (laughs) I, I pulled a few tweets that are definitely bills related that I thought were very intriguing to me. And it's something that we could probably all talk about because it was in the national media. So first one, Mike Greenberg from the get up on ESPN. The signing of Mitch Trubisky is yet another illustration that of the fact that there isn't a better run football organization in the NFL. He got blasted for this. He absolutely got blasted for this because it's a backup quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's more. I think there's more layers to what he was trying to get people to understand. That not only did you talk Mitch Trubisky into taking 2.5 million dollars because there's rumors out there he had other offers um, for other teams as a backup for more money. Um, you 
were able to bring in a guy who's a starting caliber quarterback to back up your quarterback because you know how important it is if your quarterback gets injured. A lot of teams' seasons end. Look at the 49ers last year. When Jimmy G went down, I know they had some other injuries, but they they were a train wreck. Other quarterbacks go down on teams every year, and you're like, yep, season's over. So what do you guys think about that? Avers, what do you think about that comment, the Bills being and, – and not taking it from a homer standpoint because we're always going to defend Brandon Bean because he's a freaking wizard and say he's the best. But what, what do you take from that? I'm 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 gonna look at it not as a homer uh, perspective. I'm gonna look at it as a as a player perspective, right? Why would people be mad at this? If I'm a player, if I'm thinking of if I'm putting myself in the in a in the Mitch Trubisky shoes, Mitch Trubisky went to the Buffalo Bills to save his career. Isn't yeah. that some shit? The <laughs> Mitch Trubisky chose the Buffalo Bills because he's look, he's a number two overall pick. He Chicago Bears fans hate him and feel that he's not the guy. He's the bust. He was overdrafted, like Charlie said, right? His his career is in shambles. His his next his next job can possibly be his not his last job. So he had to take all these considerations into account. He had to sit down with his wife and his girlfriend or whoever he's dealing with to take this situation into account because it's possible this is the last time he gets the chance to play in the NFL at a significant level. So what did he end up doing? Who did he end up choosing? The Buffalo Bills. And I think that's significant when you when you when you look at when you take a foot and a take a step back and you look at who he chose and why he chose them. It, it, it shows that, hey, even if the Buffalo Bills are not the best organization because we don't have rings and shit like that, if we're not the best organization, we are definitely top three to five as far as well run organizations in this NFL. And Mitchell Trubisky is proof of that. I couldn't agree more. And yeah. All right, next one up. Thad Brown, being on chase for a kick returner, spoke very highly of Andre Roberts. We don't have the answer to that right now on the roster. This was brought up in our comment section earlier. So you want to take that one? Izzy, what's your thoughts, man? Well, there are some kick returners still out there, like Cordell Patterson. Um, oh, I love Cordell Patterson. Patterson. I do, too. I love I, too. Yeah, makes me... Like, come on, get! I I would love Cordero Patterson on his team. He's, he solves all your problems. You can run jet sweeps with him. He can line up as a running back. He can line up as a wideout. He returns punts and kicks. Yep, big physical. Anyways, all pro, all pro at the position. I digress. You know, uh, he he's and he's super fast. Like, still, he's he's the man is a handful. Even at wide receiver, where he's not that great, he's he's let's be honest, he's just not that he's not that great a route runner. Right. But if you let him get behind you, he's going to eat your lunch. That's it. So it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson can be the Isaiah McKenzie. That's but taller. And you true. don't want you, to – you'd much rather hit Isaiah McKenzie than Cordero Patterson. He's, he's, a bigger, he's a bigger boy. He's probably more durable. He's got more experience. And the, the only thing I can say about kick returner – is yeah, there's not a ton of great ones out there, but they generally don't get paid that much. So he's still on the market. Go get him. Yeah, I mean Andre Roberts. I think what did he get two years, four million, something like that, five million. He didn't get yeah. paid much. And he was an All Pro, right? So if Cordero, yeah. if he All Pro over Cordero, then 
Yeah. All right. Next one up. Go into the Zach Ertz talk. Buffalo is this is from our guy that works for uh, ESPN, Marcel Louis Jacques. Buffalo is believed to be a suitor for Zach Ertz, but the league source told me on Tuesday that there was nothing there between the Bills and Eagles. Heard from multiple sources the Eagles asking price for Ertz was as high as a third round pick. Charlie, what's your thoughts, man? Howie Roseman's an idiot. That's my first. I think he. Everyone said how great a GM was, right? He's the one of the worst GMs in the league. He's he's the Eagles' version of Jack Easterby. He's just a moron. And I think this deal probably does get done if the Bills have a fourth round pick. But since they don't have a fourth round pick, I don't think the deal gets done. I mean, Howie Roseman says, "Well, we know what his value is." Okay, well, you don't know what his value is because no one's trading for what you think his value is. Right. I mean, if you if you get a Pat Mahomes rookie card and you're going to sell it on eBay and you saw that the last one sold for fifty grand and you put it up for fifty grand and nobody buys it, that's not its value anymore. Its value is lower than that. If value is what somebody's willing to pay for something, not what you think someone should pay for something. Mm-hmm. And 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 it sounds like the Chargers were in too, and they both basically said, "Howie Roseman, you're an idiot. We'll see you later." And now they're going to keep him on the roster. They're going to have a crappy year, and they're going to try to trade him for like a fifth or sixth round pick next year. They may have to cut him. They don't have to. Or they, yeah, or they may just cut him. I mean, what what are they, they doing? The you could have got a fifth what's, round pick out of us for yeah, him. And, you, and, and, you, and what's funny to me is, so now you're gonna, any- yeah, you got to cut. You got to do something with him before June first because he's going to have some guaranteed money kicking. But like the same day, the Bills and the Chargers both traded for a tight end, right? Like right after all these reports came out saying that it's so close and it's down to the Bills and Chargers, and all of a sudden, so I, I, I don't know. Like I, I just think that he's there. He's going to look like even more of an idiot because you're going to have to release him. He's not going to play. He doesn't want to play for you. He wants out of there. And I love how everybody after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, we're talking about how Howie Roseman was the best GM in the history of the planet. And yeah. ever since then, like it's been a friggin' dumpster fire. Like right. contracts are yeah. are just mismanaged. That the roster's just been. I mean, that whole situation—it's crazy. It's and it's a similar one in Chicago. I I was listening to a Eagles podcast, not to get too off track here, but they were saying that that Reich would call like game plan thirds third downs. They had some other guy who game plan the red zone, and then Peterson did like in between the twenties. It was just this crazy thing. And when Reich left, all yeah. all the good play calling went with them. And same thing in Chicago. They were saying like Bill Laser was calling, was setting up the game plan, and then in the middle of the game, Nagy would start calling plays they hadn't practiced all week, and uh, just bad organizational management. It's a total fuster click. That's what that is. Yeah. All right. Last one on the uh, tweet. This from Joe Marino. The Bills roster is and has been too good to be one snap away from Matt Barkley. Josh Allen has graduated from needing a mentor to now the Bills need a real backup. Welcome Trubisky. Hey Rich, what's your thoughts? This was this was heavy on you. I know I know this was one of your big to-dos for this offseason. Yeah, man, it this 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 lets us know that we're serious about Super Bowl contention. You know, you, you can't be in a Super Bowl window and 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 not address or not have a backup plan, not have insurance plan. If I have, if I have a Lexus or if I have a Honda Civic, I'm gonna put insurance on it. If I have an iPhone 12, I'm gonna have insurance. 
You know, if I if I have a franchise quarterback and I'm in a Super Bowl window, I want to have some type of insurance in, in case something happens to my quarterback, so I can at least still be in contention uh, for this Super Bowl I'm trying to pursue. So um, this 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 statement right here by Joe Marino is exactly uh, how I feel as uh, as a whole. So um, great pick about the Buffalo Bills, man. Underrated signing that nobody's talking about enough. And, and I said this on, on one of our shows a few weeks back. Josh Allen was runner up for MVP. The days of – is he perfect? No. Does he still have a little bit to learn? Yes. But the days of having a backup quarterback that's going to teach him something, I think we're behind. We have a quarterback's coach in Ken Dorsey. He works in the offseason. Um, he, he goes to camp with, with Jordan Palmer. So he's got that. And he's got an, an offensive genius in Brian Dable. I think the days of having a guy that's going to teach him a lot of things to help him improve his game, I think right now it's all on Josh to, to improve on what he still has left to improve on. And like I said, he was a runner up for the MVP. So that's it. All right, another new segment, and I want to hit Izzy first. I want you to give me a rant. Anything you want, Bills related, it's your time. Just rant, man. Get it out of your system right now. All right. So I, I got a bunch of, you know, Bills fans, friends, clearly, right? We're all Bills fans here, right? And we all want the same thing for our team. We all want a Super Bowl, right? We all want uh, – uh, we want Super Bowls, right? But one thing that we should have learned by now is to trust the general manager and head coach. One thing that we should have learned by this point, going to the playoffs three out of the past four years, after not going for 17 years straight, is to just go ahead and trust McBean. They didn't get Ertz, right? Okay. They didn't get Gronk when they supposedly put the request in. They, they didn't get a lot of things. But what they did do is took us to 13-3, AFC Championship game, division title, and three playoff uh, seasons out of four, right? So chill out. Let them do their jobs, Right. Let them do what they do best. Scout talent, figure out who coach can coach, figure out who can make this roster, and let them get those guys, right? Because every player on this team is not going to be a superstar. That's just the reality of it. You're not going to have a superstar at every player at, at, at every position. It's just not reality, right? Sometimes you run it back with your 13-3 and team, which my man Charlie said he didn't think that this team was good enough last year. I think they were good enough last year to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Did we do it? No, but was – was the fifth seed in Tampa Bay good enough? Yeah. They were 11-5. and five. I think that this team was good enough this past year to go to Super Bowl and win it. I think that they were missing a piece or two. But if we beat the Chiefs, do we beat the Buccaneers? Maybe. I, I think that there's just a lot less to worry about than people are putting on. Just let these guys get the guys that they're going to get. Let them go out there. If they see a Kevin Zeitler out there, they want to pick him up. Or if they see a, a – Mitchell Schwartz, or if they see somebody that they think is better than our guy, then let them go get him. But if they don't, stop worrying about it because the draft is coming up and this team is going to continue to improve in whatever way they see fit, even if it's just our guys progressing. Uh, it, it, it really causes me to struggle mentally to try and tell people, like, you still don't trust our GM. I see comments all the time, like, we need a new GM. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, our guy just won executive of the year. And get rid of them? That, that's that's asinine. It, it, it blows my mind sometimes. And I love my fellow Bills fans. 
but some people are just impatient and irrational. And we just got to step back for a second, take it in, understand. We now have a real backup quarterback. That's out the way. Right? We now have a number, another receiver on the other side of Stefan Diggs who can also run routes and get yak. We now have our line intact. And hopefully they'll play the whole year together. Right? And if if by some chance they draft an offensive lineman or pick up somebody who gets let go, if that happens, just let it happen. Relax. <laughs> All right. Good rant. All right. We got a, a super chat from Dwayne Farr. I feel yeah, like we're Aaron Edge. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we were missing edge and better options to cover tight end, which seems to be a never ending issue. That's a good rant. I could probably rant on that, but um, what we do you guys think? Our systems, like they might just, it might just be not be something that is heavy in our schemes. McDermott's never been a big defensive end guy, and Dable's never been a big tight end guy. And that's that. You know, that's that. You bring up something really good. Like since McDermott's been here, I know we went after Addison last year in the off season, and he was supposed to be a guy that was going to help set the edge opposite of Jerry Hughes, but. When have we had a dominant pass rusher since McDermott's been here? We really haven't. It's been Jerry Hughes creating pressure and nobody else cleaning up. I understand Jordan Phillips had nine sacks, but I think a lot of that was because of Jerry Hughes. And I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. Jerry Hughes got Jordan Phillips paid in Arizona uh, because he cleaned up all that shit. Um, but I think that that's just something that, but Bean did say we got to get after the quarterback. So maybe there's a plan there. I just know that the salary cap is is gone. The bank, the wallet's empty. So we're probably looking at the draft at this point unless they can restructure somebody. I will say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to one of you guys' uh, rants here in a minute. But seeing the Kenny Galladay signing, seventy-two million, forty million guaranteed. Stefan Diggs has to be like, oh really? <laughs> That's interesting. I'm now the like 15th highest paid wide receiver. I just basically led the league in receptions, yards, targets, broke all your records. Mr. Bean, can we have a conversation? And I think Brandon Bean would welcome that with open arms if we can figure out how to get us some money this year. I think that's one thing they can do because I can see Diggs playing here for a while. Um, Obviously, you can't push all the money to the end. Everybody's talking about restructuring, and I even said it. Restructure Hughes, restructure Dion, restructure Trey, restructure Diggs, blah, 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 blah. We also have to pay Josh and Tremaine Edmonds starting probably next year. So there's some things that they have to do. All right. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to Charlie. I know I went on a small tangent there, but Charlie, just rant, man. You you got the floor, bud. Man, the pressure's on. There's like so many inside me that I wanna all right. <laughs> Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll get a preemptive uh, strike here on training camp because I know this is going to come up, and it drives me nuts. And I mentioned this a little earlier. Just because a guy does one good thing in a preseason game or you see some film on him in practice with a contested catch, Duke, doesn't mean that they're going to be on the roster, Okay. Like, I know we like these guys. I know you like it, and it's fun. I'm actually thinking of starting a Buffalo Bills preseason Hall of Fame, and my inaugural class is going to be Christian Wade, Duke Williams, and Brandon Riley. Like, <laughs> stop it. There's always one underdog, though, that the Bills Mafia 
find. I, I know, but it's like they never make the roster. Like, <laughs> and I even like tweeted this to Brandon Riley. He just responded like a year ago, like which was great. But like, come on, man! Like, just because a guy does one good thing, like people are on Christian Wade, and the guy had never touched a football in his life. I mean, like I I understand fan stands for fanatic, and we love the Bills. I love the Bills too, but. Not every guy who like does a good play in, in the preseason is going to become like the next Buffalo Bills legend. It's okay to like people. It's okay to like things. I'm not that guy, but I just let's just sort of be a little realistic about it. Charlie doesn't like things. Yeah, I don't. No, no one can like anything. <laughs> no, no, you don't like things. I'm not saying. You don't. Well, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't like a lot of stuff. Like I, I don't like you know '80s movies. Like no, what? no, what? no, 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 what? Uh, no. <laughs> Goonies was stupid. Revenge of the what? Nerds was stupid. <laughs> what? Billy Madison what? is stupid. Happy what? Gilmore is stupid. Happy what Gilmore. is happening right oh, now? Oh, what is happening? Oh, Hit me up on Twitter, spin. though. Spin no, you has a good one. Charlie's going in. Charlie's like, through your 80s, bro. <laughs> spin has, <laughs> spin has right. a good one. Remember Nate Peterman? Dude, oh, killed yeah. shit in preseason. Put him in a game. Pick six, pick six, pick six, pick six, pick six. So, uh-huh. <clears throat> oh, six picks, six picks, six picks. I think, uh, hold on. I'm, I'm going to go on this one. <laughs> I think that this gives some people like some sort of like PTSD about some decisions that our front office makes because they had like Nate Peterman's the guy. Like, but you just have you just drafted Josh, and if it was me, Josh, when you walk off the stage when you're drafted by us, I have a playbook. You're our quarterback. But they went with that. They went with AJ McCarron. All this stuff happened. So I think stuff like this, moves like this, and the Kelvin Benjamin trade. I think there's now no GM's going to win every every move that they make. It's just impossible, right? But I th- I still think that some fans hang on to, and I'm piggybacking off of Charlie or off of um, off of Izzy's comments. I think they hang on to certain negative things and don't see the 500 other positive things that they've done for our organization. I mean, they brought our organization out of the dumpster fire that was Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan, Doug Whaley, and they're mm-hmm. now an organization that every free agent I feel like is talking about that wants to play for. You know what I'm saying? What's that? PTSD's kicking in when you say Rex Ryan. I know. It's like – Biggest mistake in the last 10 years of the Buffalo Bills, Rex Ryan. Yeah, yeah but that tandem bike was fire. <laughs> what was it? Him and his no. brother? Yeah. Him and his brother on the tandem that was, bike? That was easily the – no, can't say that on YouTube. Uh, yeah. You know, right, you, can't, you know you can't say Alabama on YouTube? Sorry. You just said it. Blocked, but yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Whatever. Uh, All right. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Please subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Share if you're watching on Facebook. Let's get some more insight here. Let's get some more people in the comment section. All right, so last but not least, A. Rich, just rant. Just rant. I wasn't expected this one, but I could always come up with some type of rant. Find some money. Find some money from somewhere. Let's get like let's let's get like the Rams. You know the, the, the Rams. People would say, "Hey, the Rams. They spent. They don't got the draft picks." No, but what they did was, I I respect them for trying to go get it. They failed, but I respect them. <laughs> <laughs> I respect them for making the attempt to get over the hump. 
The Buffalo Bills have to find some money because we have to try to get over the hump somewhere. And everybody's talking about defensive end. Well, in my opinion, I think we need to find money to go get Carlos Dunlap. We have to find our money Thank to you. go get Carlos Dunlap. This man is 6'6", yes. yes. two, 280 pounds. The Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks had 12 sacks in their first seven games. Carlos Dunlap comes to Seattle. Their last nine games, the Seattle Seahawks had 34 sacks. 12 sacks the first seven games. 34 sacks the last nine games. Go and get Carlos Dunlap. I am not going to get a, a pass rusher of that impact in the in the mid rounds. I'm not going to get a pass rusher. I need someone right now that's fine tuned and ready to go. And Carlos Dunlap, he's still out there. The more that he's out there, is going to drop his price a little bit. Go find some money, get Carlos Dunlap, and let's go rectify this defense and and contend for a Super Bowl. And what, right before we came on, what did I say in our group chat? You you might have been at your son's football practice, but I said. I'm still holding out for Carlos Dunlap. He's the one guy out of all the other guys that were getting signed or still kind of hanging out out there that I said, find a way to make it work. He Mm -hmm. fits everything that the Bills are trying to do. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that he will be the world's greatest pass rusher. He'll have 15 sacks and he'll be an all pro. But what he does is warrant somebody double teaming him or Jerry Hughes. You can't do both. Mm-hmm. And that frees up one or the other to get pressure and get to the quarterback. That's I'm so glad you brought that up because he was, he was huge and he's still sitting there. He's, he's still, still sitting right out there. there. He's sitting and, right there. And 34 I don't know, sacks in nine games. I know because, and that's not just him. That's because of the, the how much attention he warrants. Made yes. everybody better. Made everybody around him everybody better. else and he's better. Gonna make, and if we sign him, he's going to make Mario Addison better. Ed because Oliver. Mario Addison is a Ed situational Oliver. pass rusher. So Addison can come in. He does the play every down. Right. At Oliver, Ed same Oliver. thing. AJ Panessa. AJ Panessa. Right. And everybody was talking about JJ Watt and what he would have done. I think you get a younger version of that. Yeah. In Carlos Dunlap. He's so underrated. I don't I don't even understand how people don't talk about everywhere he's played, he's been extremely, extremely good. Wherever he's played, he makes an impact. Um, so, yeah, chat, you got the right idea. I mean, we need to sell Girl Scout cookies. We need to do a car wash, a bake sale. Stimulus money. Me. Uh, hey, let's go. St- stimulus oh, money. Yeah, stimulus <laughs> check. Your stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. I found yeah. it. There it is. You give him a lower number this year, you get a little extra money. You go ahead and restructure you, you restructure Dawkins. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, you got about mm-hmm. $25, 30000000 million of money mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Right, and then the, mm-hmm. the cap is jumping up exponentially. It's it's jumping up mm-hmm. real, real big. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was supposed to be that this year, so close mm-hmm. to twenty five year after probably. And we don't know that they're not doing this, right? We don't know, and we don't know that they've tried. And players, like especially like Trey and Dion, this is their first big contracts. Like Diggs is on a different deal, right? So yes. Dion and Trey's contracts are their first big ones and maybe they're not sure about playing with money now are they both bills guys that are going to be here for the long term i believe so um but we don't we don't we're not agents and we're not them we don't know the specifics we don't know if brandon bean's gone to go go extend jerry hughes that was my my biggest one 
give him another year, push some money to next year and get some money. Because if this is it for heading into the draft, now I'm sure we'll get some bargain bin guys in a couple weeks that are still kind of chilling, hanging out there for a million or 2 million or like the contracts kind of like what we gave Hollister, you know, the 990,000 with a, a $200,000 signing bonus or whatever. I'm sure we'll get those guys. But if you are going to practice what you preach, like you've done everything else, drafting, retaining, re-signing, developing. You also told us that you're going to get better at edge rush this offseason. You also told us you're going to get better at tight end this offseason. And to me, as of now, we have not. We have not. I'm sorry. And one thing, I'm gonna, here's my rant. Let me, let me get the graphic because here's my rant. Get him, dog. Just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. Get him. Because I, I don't I don't I don't ever speak negatively about Brandon Bean. One thing that I didn't understand, I, I I agreed with the John Brown release. One thing I didn't agree with was Quentin Jefferson. I, I think that it should have been Brandon Butler Brandon instead. Butler. Because Jefferson played one tech all season because Star was out. He's not a one tech, he's a three tech. And if mm-hmm. you're gonna use the excuse for Ed Oliver and he didn't develop this past year because he was playing out of position. Why aren't you giving the same excuse to Quentin Jefferson and let him have a redo? Vernon Butler was brought back, I believe, because he, number one, he took a pay cut. Number two, he came from Carolina. I'm not saying there that's the only go. reason. I'm not saying that's the only reason. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not that thick headed. But it, it just, that to me, I think if we had Quentin Jefferson instead of Vernon Butler, we would have been this roster would have been a little bit more improved than it is now. I'm not saying Vernon Butler can't do some things in this in this defense next year, but that was my rant. That's the one offseason move that I didn't really agree with so far. I understand he had no dead cap, and Vernon Butler's got a little over a million. I, I understand that in a cap scrap mm-hmm. season, but that's my rant. So, oh, um, all right. I, I don't think that Vernon Butler's job is safe either, especially when there's a guy. Uh, by the name of Geno Atkins out there on the market. G- yeah, but do you guys know why Geno Atkins was released? Because he, fa- he he failed his physical. Yeah, he's not healthy. I don't think he's healthy. So he, he might be done. Yeah, he might I'm, be done. I'm then. Okay, well, never yeah. mind. Then. Be safe for That's that, okay. Though. I mean, I was pounding the table for him two days ago, and then the information about his physical just came out today. So uh, I kind of changed my stance. All right, last topic of the day. This is going to be, the I think, the most fun one. So – AFC East quarterbacks, and I want someone to read this graphic. I, actually, Charlie or Izzy, when do you guys read this, the quarterbacks of the AFC East for me? <laughs> AFC East QBs 2021, Bills, Goat, Pats, Cam, Jets, Sammy, Finns, Tua. So I put a, I put a tweet out there, and I'm going to preface this by, I put a tweet out there saying that the Bills have the best two quarterbacks in the AFC East. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You do. So is number. So are we concerned? So I'll put this back up. Are we concerned about all the tight ends, Nelson Aguilar, and all this, these players that they got for Cam Newton? Anybody uh, here concerned in the comment section on this broadcast? Are we concerned about Cam Newton being better than Josh Allen this season, or remotely as good as Josh Allen this season? Concern, uh, concerned no. about concerned about be uh him being better than Josh. No, I'm not concerned. 
mildly concerned about their team yes i am mildly concerned uh cam newton 2600 yards passing last year eight touchdowns in, uh 10 interceptions 12 rushing touchdowns he was still seven and eight they had no weapons over there they had all them opt-outs over there they finished seven and nine as a team now they have a lot more weapons that than he did last year right so that's the mild concern he had no weapons and finished seven and nine now he has weapons so we, let's let's see uh what happens with that team but him as a quarterback I, i'm not concerned at all Charlie, uh, what's your thoughts on charlie what's your thoughts on cam newton and, and the patriots and what they've done this offseason i should have prefaced it that way i think that cam newton was an average thrower of the football. I now think that Cam Newton is a terrible thrower of the football. I think that they're probably best suited to basically just literally run every play or just throw short passes to the tight end. I will say I agree that their defense does scare me a bit. I think they did get a ton of guys back, most opt-outs in the league, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this right now. I think that New England finishes second in the AFC East. Ahead of Miami? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because I don't think that the quarterback who they signed to play in the fourth quarter when they pull Tua is as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick was. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, that's a fact. That's a fact. And I'll take it a step further. I'm not even sure if Tua's name belongs on that list. Jacoby Brissett might be better than Tua right now. He is better yeah. than Tua. I, I yeah, right now I think he is. Yeah. And I'll say too, if the if the Jets draft, you know, they're gonna draft somebody probably, right? I mean Donald's better than Tua. Yeah, I mean the Bills right now they do have the two best. And if the Jets draft a guy, like maybe that changes. But maybe not. Me, right. Can I say can I say one thing about that right quick? Yeah. If if if, if I'm if I'm a, if I'm a GM and I looked at Josh Allen and what Josh Allen did with the potential that he has. If I believe in my abilities, I'm going to go get uh, 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 Lance. Uh, what's the, what's the Lance. kid's name? Trey Lance. Trey, I'm, going, I'm yeah. going to go get Trey Lance because he's every bit of Josh Allen when I see this kid. Now, I know Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, they're better right now and they're the safer options. If you mm -hmm. believe in your coaching abilities, you go get that boy Trey Lance because he, his ceiling is limited, limitless right. as, as, well as, uh, as well as Josh Allen. He reminds me of Josh Allen. I think he's going to go early. I, I really like Trey Lance. This right, comment so here from, from Kenny. Hold on, Izzy. I'll get right to you. This comment from Kenny Ruggleman, uh Rumors Patriots want to bring Mariota in. That's the guy I wanted as our backup quarterback last year. Similar skill set to Josh. I think if we could have got him on a reasonable deal, um, I wouldn't be concerned because every time the Bills played Mariota, they seemed like they had an answer for him. Um, and he's not a starting quarterback anymore in the NFL for a reason, right? Um, is he better than Cam? I'm not sure about that because um, Cam does bring the athletic ability. I mean, he had 12 rushing touchdowns last year. You can't sneeze at that. So, Izzy, go ahead, man. All right. Four so, yours. So here, yeah, so here's here's my take on this. Um Tua, I don't believe in. First of all, he had 13 on Wonder Lake. So his his ability to transfer inf information to the field is limited by his slow process of mind. Uh, Darnold, I think, suffered the last few years because of Adam Gase, uh, just like Trubisky suffered with Nagy. And Allen and Trubisky are probably the two best throwing quarterbacks in this, in this division. Now, Cam Newton, in my opinion, I agree with Charlie, 
is washed. He's taken too many hits. His body is done, and he's pretty much turned into Big Ben, but faster and in better shape because he looks phenomenal. Like in shape wise, Cam, Cam, look, Cam looks looks solid. But when it comes to his throwing prowess, he's not he's not throwing you bombs down the field. I don't I don't think that Cam is that guy. He never really was. His his completion percentage was below sixty percent. Right, and it's never has always been bad. It's yeah. it's never been above sixty percent. And he's played for ten years. Josh's was that way for two years, and then all of a sudden, boom, 70%. Cam never hit that mark. And when he did this year, it was I think he threw for, what, 66%? But he still had more interceptions than touchdowns. So you can take that for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> also, here's a hot take I had before. I've talked to this, uh, talked about this with other people. So let's say let's revisit that 2018. Hold on, Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get you. I had to get you. The, I I spent I spent so much time on that graphic, Izzy. Come on, man. And I love it. <laughs> so I love it so much. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Uh, so uh, my hot take was: say uh, in the 2018 draft class, the Jets draft Josh Allen, and the Bills take Sam Darnold. In my personal belief, with the way that the Bills operated in surrounding Josh Allen with talent. If we had had Sam Darnold and did the same thing, we would still be in a similar position that we're in right now. I think that Sam Darnold is a perfectly capable quarterback who's been in a bad situation, and Josh Allen is a perfectly capable quarterback who was put in a good situation where he could grow. If Josh Allen goes to the Jets, the Jets are in a better position than they were because Darnold's been running for his life the whole time he's been there, and Josh Allen doesn't have a problem running for his life. He's good at it. Darnold is not. So the Jets would have been better off taking Allen, and we would have been fine either way, I think, personally. However, they gave us the better quarterback and screwed themselves in the same moment. So thank you, New York Jets. Suck it. <laughs> A couple things, and then I'm, I, I want to I come back on your, your Allen versus Darnold thing. So Dwayne says this, and I'll pose this for the group. Would you trade Mitch for a third-round pick tomorrow? My yes. answer is yes, and I would go and trade for Zach Ertz. Now, right now. That's <laughs> my uh, right now. If this so if nope. so stay Woo. the Philadelphia Eagles call you and say uh, a week before the season starts, saying we really want to get rid of Zach Ertz. He's not gonna play. We don't have a quarterback. Hertz is is injured. We we need we need we need Trubisky. We'll give you a third rounder. No, no. no? What about no. if they say we'll give you Zach Ertz for Mitch Trubisky? No, no. Uh, no. more. No, because if Josh Allen gets hurt, I'm not agreeing. I'm who's, not who's going to throw the Who's going to throw the ball to Ertz once once Josh Allen goes down? God forbid. Who's going to throw it to him? Our Jake, Super Bowl window is, 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 is Tony over. was a quarterback. <laughs> hey, Knox. Dawson Knox will be throwing hurts. Dawson Knox was a quarterback. They're putting him out of position. What the hell's wrong with them? Gosh, get Terrible back. coaching staff. Oh, get back there. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I want I want to talk about it, what Izzy said because uh, let me get these comments out of here. I want to talk about what Izzy said because I don't think the Bills would be in the same position if we had Sam Darnold. I think that. I don't think we'd be nearly as successful because I think that there's only things that Josh Allen can do that not just Sam Darnold, but 
99% of quarterbacks can do. And I think they built this offense that I, I feel like they would have built the offense differently for Sam Darnold than they would have for Josh. They, they got receivers that can get separation. Cole Beasley, uh, John Brown off the line. They got Stefan Diggs because what can Josh do? He can create, he can create time for these guys to get open by running around, creating time with his legs, doing things like that. I feel like Sam Darnold with this offensive line would not have been as nearly successful as Josh Allen. Because look at all the times when Josh has to roll out because the line, the defensive linemen are all in his face to make a play. They talked about it every time that they was on primetime. One of the, the commentators was like, Josh Allen rolling out again. Boy, he's done that now four times in a row. Sam Donald's not nearly as athletic as Josh is, and I think that there's certain things that only Josh – and I'm not saying Josh Allen is – is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm just saying, like, there's certain things that only Josh can do with what this team has and how they've been constructed. Sam Darnold, I feel like, would have taken a lot of these, a lot of sacks, and we would have been uh, in a lot worse situation offensively. That's that's just my opinion. I think it would have been different with Sam Darnold. We wouldn't have built the same team for him that we did for Josh. That's very true. So, so Brandon Bean would have built a team around Darnold's strengths, just like he did. Josh's so he probably would have focused on the line first rather than the receivers first because as a precision passing goes Donald is better than Josh at precision passing now when it comes to the arm strength the ability to put the ball on a spot wherever you want it Josh has got him there but when it comes to timing and precision I'm giving that to Donald that one aspect that's it athleticism Josh you know leadership Josh want to Josh like er almost everything I give Josh the advantage on but precision passing you would give to Donald. And if we had drafted Donald because they took Josh, they would have built a totally different team. They would have, they would have drafted offensive line that first round. The following, they, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have taken Ed Oliver. They would have taken the best offensive lineman available or moved up for him. They would have done it way different. And they probably would have brought in Derek Anderson earlier that offseason than waiting because he's far more like Donald than he is Josh Allen. So then you'd have a veteran quarterback – who's played one games in the NFL, knows your offense, and would have been able to help Darnold more than he could Josh. Because what is Derek Anderson doing for Josh Allen? Not a thing. He's just not similar enough. Right. Personally, it, I'm not saying that Darnold is close to the caliber that Josh is, but with this general manager, we would have built a team suited for him. Whereas the Jets tried to make him fit into a box he doesn't fit in. I agree. Makes I agree sense. with your, yeah, your think, overarching yeah. point completely. Situation matters. Like you see draft bus all the time and we fans laugh at it. It's like, well, did you ever think about the fact that maybe the player would have been a, a success in a different situation? Like Pat Mahomes doesn't become Pat Mahomes in 22 other spots, 28 other spots. That's the yeah. best situation you could ever go to. You've got Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill. If he's drafted by Cincinnati, he's not Pat Mahomes. He's just some guy. I mean, situation matters. It, it does. It, it just does. It does. Yeah. And I, I, John Herring, I agree with you. Josh Allen is much better than Sam Darnold. And I think that if Josh Allen goes to the Jets instead of coming to Buffalo, Josh Allen has more success with the Jets than Darnold does with the Jets. And likewise, oh, Josh Allen has absolutely. more success. Yeah. Yeah. He, jo jo Josh Allen is, is having more success with Buffalo than Darnold would. So I'm not saying that Darnold's better than Josh Allen. It's not, it's not a comparison of who's right. better or worse. It's just saying which team right. 
would have benefited better from switching those? And the answer is the Jets would have benefited. They would have benefited from Josh Allen because Josh Allen's athleticism would have saved them a lot because they had no line. They had no weapons. Josh Allen played with no weapons. He had Zay Jones, Robert Foster, an injured Charles Clay. Andre Holmes. Andre Kelvin Holmes. Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin McCoy on his last legs and no line. Right. And Josh Allen was out there. He went 500 his rookie year as a starter. Yeah. So he his athleticism would have covered up a lot of their idiotic coaching <laughs> and bad personnel decisions. And yeah, you guys and, have seen the movie Draft Day, right? Actually, I didn't see that one. You've I've never, never seen, seen that either. movie? I skipped it because it was supposed to be the Bills or the Browns, and they picked the Browns, so fuck them. Yeah, so they – so, Avery, you seen it? No. What? You guys I mean, it's a it? Kevin Costner classic, like just it's, like Waterworld. No, it's actually a really good movie. I it's heard actually it. a really good movie. Draft, Anyways, the, G, the GM in it, who is Kevin Costner, the GM of the Browns, he's got a note that he writes in his pocket, and they never show it. And he puts it in his pocket – he walks around the whole day. You're like, what? You never realize what was on the note until the end of the the until the end of the movie. He wrote on there who he was going to draft, no matter what happened that whole day. No matter he he made all these trades. He moved up. He moved back down. He did all this stuff. I feel like with Brandon Bean, that was Josh Allen. He's yeah. the guy. He's the guy that they saw in Wyoming as what the Bills' DNA is of what they want to establish. They like Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, like the guys that they can take as like a pound of clay that you put on a table and you mold it into what you want. And I feel like that's like Dawson Knox, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver. They like projects. They like the guy. They like the guys that are raw, that are, they have they're 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 really good at more than one thing, and they like to try to figure out what that really one good thing is, and then focus on that. Um, and that's why I think, and I, I'm going to put this up. I'm going to put. Hold on, let me get you my see it. see the Ed Oliver, I feel like is going to have a breakout season this year. I feel like Tremaine Edmonds is going to be considered for an All Pro this year. I feel like they're going to get back to that level because this past year for our defense, it was just, it was an, I think it was like a one-off. It was like an anomaly. Like why couldn't they get good? There was no off season. There was no preseason. There were so many changes on the line. Star was gone. Everybody was playing out of position. Milano was injured. Edmonds was injured. Guys were battling through injuries and stuff. Trey was injured. Yeah, so I, I feel like this year our defense is going to be top five. I feel like it's going to get back to that form. And I also, with that being said, I feel like that's going to keep them from going and spending whatever kind of money they can get on edge rushers and a, a CB2 and things like that because they signed one of the best linebackers available in Matt Milano. They have Tremaine Edmonds. They have three really good DBs in High Poyer and White. So I think they're going to rock with what's going on. Um, we're about to hit the two-hour mark. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah, any guy? Any of you guys have any closing statements or anything? I appreciate all three of you guys coming in again. Charlie Gross, the freaking Reek and Izzy. These two guys get used to seeing them. They're going to have their own show on here. That's right. I would like to have their own show. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Pierre, what's uh, up, man? So. Uh, Dwayne uh, Farr asked, do I think that uh, – or do we think that uh, Josh Allen would be better on the Chiefs 
Uh, and the answer is, yeah. You you give Andy Reid Josh Allen with all those oh. raw skills? Yeah. And those weapons earlier? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I do think probably. That. Um, I want to say I think Mookie Hawkins was in here earlier. I wanted to shout Mookie out. I, I think Mookie! I think he was anyway. So, was yeah, it, I mean, I think that he's. When I was on my tangent like five minutes no, ago. It was real early, real early in the. Um, I, I mean, he's just as good, right? I mean, they're real similar quarterbacks. Similar. I think with Josh's beginnings, it showed that really no matter what he went into, unless mm-hmm. it was going to be total dumpster fire after the first mm-hmm. year, like Chicago with Trubisky, he was going to succeed either way. Well, let's say this. What if Mitch Trubisky gets drafted by the Chiefs? Ooh. How's his career? Probably a lot better than it was in Chicago. Um, Seriously. He's got got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. He's got Andy Reid. Yeah. I I mean, how's his career right now? Right. Probably different, Probably probably better, you know, maybe (laughs) not Mahomes, you know, 50 touchdowns, but probably better than it is, right? He's probably still on the Chiefs. (laughs) Yeah. He would start – he would he would start off fine. I think at the end of the day, it still has to be a combination. The quarterback have to have some type of it factor along with the offensive uh, coordinator and how he calls the plays. I think he would have had some success early on because it's Andy Reid. But just as as much as games are being played, uh, defenses are smart and figure out your deficiencies. And Mr. Bisky, he does have some deficiencies as a quarterback. So as much time as he's on film, I think defensive defenses will figure it out as great as Andy Reid was he didn't start winning championships until Patrick Mahomes right he he didn't just wake up when Patrick Mahomes was drafted and become this genius he needed the combination so you need that combination so Mitchell Trubisky would be better but at the end of the day it wouldn't I don't think it would result to rings because you have to have the quarterback he wouldn't be Mahomes right no yeah Chicago so, well, so would, he, would he be a 4,000-yard quarterback? Probably a 4,000-yard quarterback. Would he be a 50-touchdown, 5,000? Absolutely not. No. He's, not that, he's not that guy. Could he have won a ring? Trent Dilfer won one, so why not? I Trent Dilfer had I, a hell of a defense. That was a historic yeah, I mean, defense over like, there with the Baltimore Ravens. That yeah. defense was, was ridiculous. It was, but he still was good enough to carry You know, the offense. Like, all right, let's not turn the ball over. When they give us the ball, let's at least get a field goal. Like, he was – I think Trubisky's better than that. Trubisky had 24 touchdowns, 3,300 yards, and 12 interceptions one year with, with 66%. So I think, you know, that's good enough to get you there. Is he great? No. But uh, don't, don't get me – don't catch me saying he's great. I don't think he's great. But I think he's better in in, in uh, Kansas City than he is in Chicago easily. I like it. I like it's it. It's not close. Right, I think that's going to do it. I, I absolutely have to hit the bathroom. So we're hitting two hours. <laughs> I drank I drank a cup of coffee and two bottles of water. So, um, again, Bill's Allergy, Saturday nights here on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, closing statements from you guys. Anything you guys want to touch on before we get out of here? You guys want to say your goodbyes, and then we can uh, break until next time. Hey, man. I came rich and say rich. Built in Buffalo, we're going to continue being consistently consistent and giving you the most up-to-date information as possible. You should get that on a uh, shirt. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think for the next show, I might have an idea for that for the next show. So tune in for the next show to see what I'm wearing. But uh, Charlie Gross, Izzy, uh, great job tonight, fellas. Great job tonight. And, and we're uh, going to get used to seeing your faces a lot more. So uh, we appreciate y'all and, you know, Built in Buffalo. 
Uh, we appreciate the people that tuned in. Shout out to uh, Pierre and Mookie Hawkins, and shout out everybody that tuned in tonight, man. We appreciate y'all, and uh, go Bills till next time. And we like their content, too. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. All right, for Charlie, for A. Rich, for Izzy, I'm DM3. This is Built in Buffalo. As always, go Bills.